Okay, mic check one, mic check two. Position's good. Hola. Is it good? Real good. All good. All good now. Are you recording now? All right, fucking live. All right. Welcome to the Dirtbag Chronicles. My name's Brian. I'm your host. This is episode five, and we have another exciting guest today. His name is Nate. He has uh, been in recovery uh, for for some time now. He's got several years behind him. He's uh, actually he's a sponsor, right? So, how many sponsees do you have? That's hard to say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say because only so many people call me and do what they're supposed to do. I understand. That's yeah. how you got to work it, right? Yeah. All right. Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why it's so important to carry this message out. Well, my name's Nathan. Um, you know, I'm in recovery. I don't have exactly several years clean. Okay. I should, mom. You know, I got uh, almost two and a half years okay. coming up on two years, five months. Um, you know, it's it's just important for me to carry the message, you know, uh, because for one, you know, we can't keep what we have unless we give it away. Right. It gets me out of myself because the core of the disease is self-obsession, self-centeredness and self, uh, selfishness, you know. Uh, so it's important to me uh, to give back what was so freely given to me Yeah. Um, because you know, there's been plenty of times where I was in treatment uh, or other places, you know, yeah. locked up. And, you know, there were people from the outside that would come in and bring these meetings and uh, it gave me hope, you know. So I do want to give that hope back to those that are in those kinds of situations, you know, like I try to live and breathe this program, you know, each and every day because um, this is just for today. Um, there's, there's not a single day that goes by where I don't keep my recovery first and foremost. Um, cause I don't ever want to go back to the life that I used to live. You know, I, I've, I've been in and out of NA, AA doesn't matter. You know, I've been in and out since uh, I was 21 years old. First time I went to treatment was, uh, 19 years old when I was in the military. And that was my first introduction to the 12 steps, but what branch of military were you in? Marine Corps. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Um, so what you said that your recovery is like a part of your everyday, but did, was it hard to start that kind of routine to adapt to all of that and bring that into your life? Or would you say it was an easy transition? <clears throat> well, you know, um, I was motivated, uh, to do something different, you know what I mean? Like I was so fed up and sick of living the way that I've lived. Yeah. You know, like my prior experience in the program, it gave me that uh, knowledge and experience that I knew what to do, 
So whenever I got out of jail, because I got clean in jail this time. Um, How long in jail were you? 90 days. I had to do a 90 day parole violation. Okay. So, you know, like I knew what to do. So like I just did everything that I knew to do, uh, which is like prayer meditation, uh, getting a sponsor, working steps, reading literature, um, picking up the phone, calling people, you know, like building a support network. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I just do these things each and every day. Yeah. You know, the support network is probably the key is just being able to like reach out to somebody and, and talk to them even when like, so like I'm experiencing that right now, like being able to call somebody and just talk to them about me. You know, and, and that's, that's, I think that is like huge because I've never really understood that until I started doing it. I was like, well, fuck man, I can't even call my mom every day. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, it's hard for me to pick up the phone. But then once I started doing it, like, it's like, it's holding myself accountable and, and someone else holding me accountable. And like, by doing that, by reaching out what it does is like, okay, I have to talk about this. And it's shit like that. I wouldn't even think about talking about until I'm on the phone and in that conversation. But, uh, that support group, uh, that it's, it's big because the people you surround yourself with are the people you become, is the person you become, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so uh, what, uh, how old were you when you first started, uh, noticing an addiction? Uh, for sure, probably about 15 years old. Okay. Yeah, that was when I started taking uh, pain pills. Okay. Um, so that, the, pain, the, the opiates was the, the opening to your... Officially, your yeah. Dirtbag bullshit. I mean, like, I started uh, messing around with substances like alcohol, pot, all that okay. uh, around 12. And, you know, I wouldn't say it exactly became a problem. Until I was like 15 and started taking pain pills. And I realized it was a problem because of the amount, the frequency, um, how I felt whenever I didn't have any. Yeah. And what I was willing to do to <clears throat> to, to stay high. So, yeah. So when you said the the way you felt when you didn't have them, and I've noticed I've noticed a lot of other people's stories too, like so when you were coming off of them and, and were having withdrawals, did you just think you were like didn't feel good, or did you know that it was dope sick? I felt like I couldn't feel good, or I couldn't feel I couldn't feel any kind of pleasure. Uh, all I could think about, man, was getting high you know um there was like i couldn't get any relief um or nothing man until i had something in me and then i i felt normal you know i mean and that's what that gave me is you know like i i never felt normal my entire life but you know like whenever i was high you know all those insecurities all that fear and shit it it just kind of it went away you know, it was the feel like I remember the first time I took pain pills, um, you know, I found a bottle of hydrocodone on my dad's uh, table beside his bed. And I looked at this bottle and I recognized what it was and I knew that it would get you fucked up. I don't know how I knew that. I don't remember, but um, I took like two of these things and 
I just remember like going and walking my dogs and they kicked in and um, I thought it was the best feeling in the fucking world. Like it was <laughs> just like, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like um, <laughs> it was the best feeling, man. Yeah. And I went not. And as soon as I got back in the house, I went and got some more, you know, okay. and from that point on, man, like, um, I went to some crazy lengths, you know, like, um, as a teenager, you know, I would steal pills from my dad, from my friend's mom. Um, you know, like she had, uh, she had tons and tons and tons of pain pills. It was, uh, it was, um, uh, Oxycodone with the Tylenol. I'm trying to think of what that's called. Yeah, uh, shit, I don't even know. I couldn't. But Percocet. Percocet, okay. yeah. And then she had these fentanyl patches. <clears throat> and, you know, like I would literally, you know, um, I would sneak into my dad's room or her room whenever I was at my friend's house. And I would uh, check, check to see if they were asleep, you know, and I would like sneak in there and like open the pill bottle, get some out or sometimes just steal the whole fucking bottle. Yeah. Fuck it. You know? Um, <laughs> and I just remember I was getting sick like every single day, like, uh, just throwing up multiple times a day and, you know, like passing out, like nodding out really. And, you know, I remember I had burn holes in every single pair of pants and shorts that I own because I just couldn't stop, you know, I was nodding out with a cigarette in my Straight hand. knot squad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. So, so when you, uh, when you started this routine after your 90 days in jail, cause that's where, that's where you're like, fuck, I mean, I've, I've had enough of this shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> what was, what, what was the, how did you figure out a fucking routine? Like, how did you, was it a sponsor that gave you this or was it something like a drive inside of you that was like, okay, like when I wake up, the first thing I'm going to do is meditate or, or pray the, or, and get my coffee. And, and, and like, how important was that routine to you? It was very important. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I've gone a single day since I've been clean where I haven't done those certain things, there might be like an exception of like a day or two, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. Um, but like, I just don't feel quite normal or feel right unless, you know, I do start my day with those certain key things, yeah. you know, like soon before I even get out of bed, like I'm meditating. And, uh, now when you say meditate, like, some, you know, some people, when they hear the word meditate, they think they have to sit there Indian style and, and do the own, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what is your meditation? Like, what, what is that process like for you? I mean, every once in a while we'll do the own thing. Yeah. Set that vibration, you know, yeah. there's a, that, that, that vibration of the, the sound ohm is like, it just clears everything in the body. You know what I'm saying? And it sets the, sets the tone. But, uh, you know, like med I, when, sometimes when I meditate, it, it'll be in different forms, you know, like I'll be driving and it's just a, a, a part of meditation for me is like mindfulness. Yeah. And it's just coming into the moment and, and not and clearing all the thought out of my head yeah. and just focusing on like 
like the feeling and the being of my body. You know what I'm saying? Or even when I'm listening to music, I, I listen to the music, you know, and, and instead of like thinking and doing this and doing that and multitasking, like it's just like settling down and like coming in, coming to myself, I guess. So, so you start your morning with meditation. Um, what, what else is your routine like? Well, I'll pray. Okay. Um, you know, I'll pray that God, please keep me clean and sober today. I know a lot of people don't like the sober word, but I say it anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we're know. fucking alcoholics too. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's yeah. yeah. And, uh, then I'll say the third step prayer, the AA third step prayer in okay. the, uh, AA seventh step prayer. Um, you know, and then after that, um, I'll, I got my literature, like my basic texts and stuff. And uh, my step work, I got all that stuff right there by my bed. Um, you know, I get these emails for the daily meditation. I read those before I even get out of bed. Um, but, you know, like I, I literally start my day read, reading a, about a page or two uh, out of the basic text. And then um, if I'm on some step work, I'll, you know, I'll do a little bit of that, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, it just helps with getting my mind uh, in, in the right place focused on my recovery, you know, but like, um, I try to keep my mind, um, focused on my recovery all throughout the day, you know, like, like with that 10th step, you know, we continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admitted it, you know, like to me, it's important to be mindful throughout the day of, you know, like my attitude, my thoughts, um, my actions, my behaviors, you know, like, uh, it could, I don't know, man, like, um, because I, I really don't want to have to make amends and, you know, I, it's just, man, like I, I'm just, will I've just gotten to a place to where like, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes yeah. to stay yeah. clean, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really feel like I got that much fucking figured out. You know, yeah. like, do we ever though? No, <laughs> no, we don't. You're fooling yourself if you do. Yeah. yeah. When the second that you say, Oh, I got this, like, it's like, No, no you don't. No, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> no, you ain't got shit. All you got is right now, you know, that moment. Like, if you can fucking slip anytime. And that's, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was reading one of the just for today's, I think it was yesterday or something, but it was talking about like, if I relapse, I'm going to die spiritually. And I think that is like my biggest fucking fear because like I've come so far with gaining that relationship with, with my higher power and like, and, and understanding like, and I think this is a healthy fear, but understanding that if I relapse or if I go back to that dirtbag lifestyle, what's going to happen is I'm going to be disconnected from that relationship. And it's just going to put up another block and another wall. And, and, and it's like, damn, like that, that relationship to me is the most important relationship because everything that goes with that relationship with my higher power also develops the relationship with myself. And then it develops my relationship with everyone else that I come in contact with. And so if, if my spiritual relationship dies, I'm fucked. Like I'm, I'm just, and, and that is like, that is probably the healthiest fear that I have is dying spiritually again. 
and then having to to recover that that relationship and then recover my recovery and my clean time and and like it's fucking it scares the shit out of me and i think but i think that is a healthy fear you know it, some fears are good but what what would uh, what would you say your your healthy fear is i'd say it's the same exact thing yeah. man you know like uh I've relapsed in the past, you know, yeah. like, like I first checked myself into treatment into two, in 2011. That's whenever I really actually wanted to do something different. And that's whenever, uh, that was my introduction to NA and working steps yeah. and stuff. But, you know, um, I know what it feels like to relapse and experience a spiritual death that, uh, that feeling, man, it's, it, it's it's probably the worst feeling, man. I've ever I've ever felt is to like to to like get clean, start getting some stuff back, gain that relationship with your higher power, um, just to throw it all away and get high, and yeah. it's just like it's just the worst feeling, yeah. And that guilt, shame, <clears throat> remorse, anger. You know, isolation, you know, like, cause that's, that's ultimately what I do is I isolate. Yeah. You know, I think we all do. I mean, that's what the, that's what the fucking addiction does and the drugs do is like just causes us to like avoid everybody that is like healthy for us. And like it just attracts all the fucking dirtbag bullshit back into our life. Like I can't explain like, when I was in my addiction, well, when I was active in my addiction, like the people that were surrounded by me fucking sucked. Like, dude, I would have somebody come over to my house if I had a fucking house. Like there was times like I lived in a shed or fucking was just sleeping in wherever the fuck I could get hotel rooms. And like I would have people come over and then every fucking time without failure, when they somebody left, I would be missing shit. Like, you know, they, uh, people stole shit from me or fucking just took advantage of me. And it's like, you know, the, now that I look back at that, like nobody fucking respected me. Everybody respected the fucking, the drug because they, that's all they wanted. But like, how could I fucking want that for myself? How could I respect anybody else if i can't even respect myself you know what i'm saying like if i have no fucking respect for myself like i can't ask for anybody else to respect and like in the in in the game and in the streets like like man respect and loyalty man respect <laughs> and loyalty it's like motherfucker you don't respect <laughs> a goddamn motherfucker at all you know what i'm saying so it's like and and through this 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 time of me getting clean and you know, I got clean by going to prison and then went through reentry, which was fucking incredible for me because it, it just gave me all the tools and resources. But like <clears throat> now I can look back at it and just be like, damn, like that is the fucking shit that that's how I felt about myself. You know, like I, I didn't give a fuck about myself. I didn't give a fuck about you. I didn't give a fuck about my parents, my family, like fuck it all, you know? And it just, it, now that, it, now that I'm here, I'm able to have that self-respect and I can respect others and, and love others. You know what I'm saying? But uh, let's go to, um, let's go to like your, your breaking point of your addiction 
let, let's talk about some of the dark shit that that had to happen in your life so that you could be incarcerated on that parole parole sanction and be like this is fucking bullshit. Like, look what I'm doing to myself. But what, what brought you to that understanding? Well, um, you know, first off, whenever I was in my, my twenties, my early twenties and stuff, um, I used to be involved in the music scene, you know, like I was in some death metal bands that really didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, my best friend, uh, he, he was, our guitarist and um, him and a group of other people that we were all friends, you know, like I always hung out with them and I was always getting fucked up with them, you know, well, there eventually came this time and this is like 2012 where I started, uh, I, I was buying Roxy's oxycodone uh i bought some like a a bunch of them i wasn't working i wasn't selling drugs at this time i've tried to do that a few times in my life but yeah i i ran out of money excuse me i ran out of money and um i this one day i took the last of these roxies i had and i was like i was like i need more like i need to find a way to get more um Cause like I have no money. I'm not about to ask nobody for any money. Cause like this shit's expensive. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like damn near $30 a pill. Yeah. So what did I do? Well, I made a decision to, uh, rob this friend of mine. <laughs> um, genius. Yeah. Cause I figured like he's probably at work. He worked at Kroger's at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go drive to his house and see if he's home. And if he's not home, then I'm, I'm going to fucking do this. So I drove to his house and his car wasn't there. So, um, you know, I found a way into the house, which was I took us a, a rock and I busted out uh, this window that was beside the side door. And I was able to reach in and unlock it. And I went in there and I took every valuable thing he had in his house and I took it in my car, loaded my car up with his shit. And I even took his drugs. He had, he had, he had some pills and some weed. And I took that too, you know, like, I mean, like this made me feel like horrible shit for a long, long time afterwards. I was high when I did this, by the way, but. You know, that doesn't even excuse that that action, you know, like this is that would be the shittiest thing I've ever done to anyone in my entire life. A fucking friend, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I sold all that stuff, like pawned it, sold some uh, CDs of Hastings and all that. And I had my mom's jacket on and it had her name written on the tag. I took that jacket off in his house so I can, you know, do what I needed to do. Cause I was getting hot, you know? And, uh, so I left the jacket in his house with my mom's name on it. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, it was kind of a blur cause I was pretty fucked up. Cause I, I used that money to get more pills and I got some, some weed. And, um, I just remember, um, going, Back to his house once he got home and he told me that somebody robbed him. I went literally to his house and just 
tried to put this act on of being a good friend and like caring and you know like, yeah. i'm so sorry man yeah and, you know and it, it a little bit later i guess they found the jacket and they started being able to put two and two together on top of the fact that the next door neighbor was a security guard and had cameras and spot me on his cameras while brett hit while he was at work and um so i ended up admitting to it all i was like yeah i did it you know this is where i pawned it this is where i sold your stuff and um you know next thing i know like there's some north little rock detectives coming knocking on my door and you know um it eventually led me to uh getting put into drug court so you know is this before or after prison this is this is the beginning oh of this is all. the beginning yeah, okay this, yeah this is where okay. it all started man with the legal stuff okay um and you know i could never get my fucking shit together in drug yeah. court like i wanted to like i've been wanting to right. get clean but like i cannot stop getting high like i do not know how to live life um without something you know what i mean like yeah. i can't function without something you know like right. i don't know how to deal with my feelings you know and so like there's that overpowering obsession to use something to try to change how i feel because i'm so fucking uncomfortable in my own skin mm -hmm. um and i and i for years i do not like my fucking self you know like i'm very self-conscious like i'm self-conscious of my way the way i this everything about me you know like i do not i completely lack self-acceptance um, so I just kept getting high, man, you know, using against my own will, like, which is the definition of powerlessness, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I ended up being in and out, in and out of drug court and she sent my ass down like four times. And the last time I ended up absconding and, and, uh, she ended up sending me to six years and I did about 15 and a half months. Um, but you know, like not even that was enough to make me stop getting high you know like because i ended up doing it again but like what what led me up to the point where i'm at now and getting clean was um so like i i had a period of clean time from 2019 to the beginning of 2020 excuse me and um i ended up like a big, big problem of mine is women, you know, like they're not the fucking problem. Right. You know, it's, it's right. me, it's you know, my relation is. with women. Yeah. And I uh, found this one girl and she wasn't good for me, man. Like, and I knew it, like there was some red flags that she's probably getting high and I probably don't, I probably shouldn't mess with her, you know? Um, but yet I did. And I was trying to hide it from my sponsor. Like I was I was being shady <laughs> with it. And, and then like the day after, like I did that, I, I'm, I, I fucking relapsed. I was, at, I was working at Edwards cash savers. And like, I just remember like, it just, this came up on me, man. Like where I, I just wanted to get high and you know, like I didn't do nothing about it. Like I knew the, the solution would be to like, talk to some people, talk to my sponsor and, you know, get my ass to a meeting once I got off work, you know, but I was like, fuck it, man. I'm like, I'm yeah. ready to get high. And so I did. And, you know, I ended up being, being in a relationship with that, that girl I was talking about. And it was 
just sick man toxic as it was so toxic (laughs) and you know um i i I resented her i had built this huge resentment towards her over the the course of 2020 because that's i mean we were together for about 10 months and you know i just i wanted to blame her for uh pretty much everything in a way you know like i knew it was my own fault yeah but it's way easier to blame other people it is and everything else like well she's not she's not working she's not doing nothing except making tiktok videos while i'm at work i'm doing everything you know i was always angry and upset about something all the time and and then you know like uh (laughs) I, i mean i never like hit her but like there were times where, you know, I, I put my hands on her and I just wanted to, you yeah. know, like, cause I was so just, I was so fed up, but I could not, I could not get out of that relationship. I could not stop getting high. You know, like I've just felt stuck. I felt powerless. You know, yeah. the whole thing is just like, it's like, fuck, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I did this. Um, and this, so like this, like this relationship, man, like we, we started living at this this house where like this guy who owned this piano moving business and he tuned pianos too like we lived at his house and he had this he he moved her in there initially because he you know he saw her panhandling on the side of the road and he thought she was attractive and um you know so he, he yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. so he moved her in and that but like shortly after she moved in you know i come back into the picture and i ended up moving in once i relapsed because <laughs> yeah. i was living at a kim free house yeah. and i was like i can't live at a, at this place if i'm getting fucked up right eventually i don't know as just i felt dirty about it so i moved in there and again a dirt bag with morals yeah. yeah, we always have morals. Yeah, yeah. some sort of morals. <laughs> yeah, some some line there. Yeah, but yeah, man, it, and I found and I realized that you know he 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 with his remarks and stuff like he he uh if he, he liked her and it and like I'm a jealous motherfucker <clears throat> like mainly really when I'm using you know what I mean like I'm so fucking insecure yeah. like. I'm not trying to be controlling and shit, but in a fucking sense, like I yeah. am kind of being controlling yeah. and you know, like I just, uh, this, um, distrustful as fuck. And like, I just always was thinking like, she's going to, she's fucking cheating on me. She's doing something. She's going to do something, yeah. you know? And that's, and it was this became this obsession and it, which ended up being becoming a resentment where I, I fucking despised her and hated her. Uh, but like fast forward through the bullshit, like, you know, like the, the fucking crazy fights and stuff, which ended up us getting kicked out of there and moving into my dad's house to the crazy fucking fights there that ended up with us going to a hotel in Jacksonville and, uh, to fucking getting fights there. (laughs) Eventually, like we moved to Sherwood and the very first day we moved to Sherwood um there were these two couples living there too and um we decided to celebrate with some alcohol um and we did you know we drank and you know like we ended up getting into another fucking argument over something so stupid but you know like um it just all came out man like everything that i've just been kind of 
pushing down inside me. Like it just all came out, like how I felt, like I told her how I felt. And I, it did not, it ended with me like wanting, like just really wanting to choke her to death. And, and, you know, and so like, I'm not going to hit her, you know? So like what I did was I took her arm and I bit her on the arm. <laughs> like a lunatic. Okay. So yeah. So <laughs> like I, at that point I was like, I got out of the car and I was going, I went back into the house and I was like, put on some music and I was starting to break up some weed. And, uh, next thing I know, uh, my roommate is at the door and is like, the, the, the police are here and it's Sherwood. So you're probably going to jail. So, you know, I did go to jail. Yeah. Cause Sherwood police, they don't, yeah, they don't fuck around. Yeah. Not at all. Now you fuck around Sherwood. You're going to find out, you know, <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. so I did, I went to jail and you know, I was like, well maybe, you know, like maybe I won't have to do uh, a PV on this, you know, yeah. like I was being hopeful, but like, yeah. you know, um, I went to court and they gave me a year in probation over the shit. And, um, which was domestic, domestic violent, battering. Domestic battering. Yeah. It was a misdemeanor. Yeah. And I had to do these classes, 20 something weeks of these classes. God. And it made me feel like she was like, I don't beat women though. Yeah. And, and, but in some sense, I guess it kind of yeah. is, you know, that's abusive, you know, being abusive. Yeah. That's what we do is we justify that shit. Yeah. Like, Oh, wasn't that bad. Like there's motherfuckers out there like really putting their hands on women and, and beating these women. And, and it's like, what I did, I just pushed her. You know, like where I just bitter. bitter yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's the opposite of like who I wanted to be. Right. Cause you know, like that's like how my dad was, yeah. you know, when I was a kid growing up and like, I always said like, I won't ever treat somebody like he treated us <clears throat> growing up. And, uh, and I kind of did, you know, like yeah. that, that was abusive. And, uh, so, you know, like that period in jail, man, you know, like when I first got there, I remember smoking some weed and I was taking, uh, I was abusing Seroquel to just sleep, get, get, yeah. get a head change and, and get some sleep, you know, cause that's all you want to do in jail is sleep, yeah. sleep your time away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and really like, I, I just kind of had a moment of clarity while I was in jail and I was just like, it's like, I'm. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired. Like I'm tired of these ending up in the same situation time after time after time, you know? And, and cause like I, I've in before that, you know, like I've, I have had periods of time where I was in recovery and my life was getting better and I started gaining things. And the best thing that I could gain though, was like, this inside, you know, mm -hmm. like that, like you were talking about your relationship with a, with a higher power yeah. and everything that that connection yeah. i think that's really what we've been seeking our whole life is connection right you know I mean? right absolutely connection and um absolutely so. it, well that connection gives us a, a purpose you know it, it it motivates us to do something different and like whether that's uh, a family member or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or 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 relationship with higher power or whatever it is and that's really what we're seeking cuz that that relationship with that drug 
or alcohol that like that's that's a relationship you yeah, know sure. and then that's a connection it's like fuck well this makes me feel this way and and i would say that that is a good definition of a connection like making you uh, feel something and like and and people do that uh you know like I mean, that's the only reason I want a relationship with anyone is because they make me feel a certain type of way. Sure. And, and so that, that <clears throat> connection is, is very important, but it, but also it gives purpose. And, and, and when, I think when you have a purpose that you're, you're living towards it, it, it drives you to act a certain way, think a certain way, do certain things or, or, or even manipulate, you know, so but yeah, I, I think you're right on that. The connection is fucking the most important part. Yeah. So, so you came to that understanding, um, you know, by sleeping a lot and, and just having fucking shit not work out. And then you were able to kind of, uh, gain a little bit about it, uh, through recovery, like have things go good for you when the things were going good for you. Do you think that you saw that things were going good and then you self-sabotaged that again or, or what was, what, why did you think you kept relapsing just because you couldn't quit or was it more of the connection that you didn't have with yourself? It's <clears throat> a good question. You know, um, I don't know how to handle success. Maybe at this point I do. Yeah. But like, um, you know, like it, that's a, it's just difficult, man. Like I, it's like, I, I got this thing inside of me, man. And, um, it just, uh, I got a disease and I'm always going to have this disease. And, you know, like it starts off like the relapses, they start off, um, by my behaviors and, you know, like, my inability to live life on life's terms, you yeah. know, like I, I even in recovery, you know, like being clean, like I'm still using things outside myself to try to, to fix me, to make me whole. And, you know, and I still do that today, you know, yeah. like with food yeah. and stuff, you know, sex, you yeah. know, um, but like in the past, man, like I relapsed because like, you know, like, <laughs> It's, it just, it's hard, man. I don't even know like why I freaking relapsed. It just like, I had reservations, I guess, yeah. you know, like I had reservations. Good, like yeah. I, I've always, you know, like, um, you know, like drugs and alcohol, man, it, like my relationship with them, it's like being in a damn toxic relationship, yeah. you know, like I, I love her, but she's no good for right. me. You know, and like it's this back and forth kind of relationship, you know, where, you know, like we're together for a little while and then it gets so fucking bad that we end up breaking up. But then, you yeah. know, I'm mourning yeah. after and, you know, eventually we get back together yeah. and you know, make up sex and, and everything forth. else. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. And, that feeling. And yeah. it, it just it just had to take what it had to take to the point to where it was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, I can't do it. Like, right. I do. I love the effects of drugs and alcohol. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and fucking lie. I like all drugs. Right. Like, I like the way they make me feel. And like, probably if if I can get high 
without the fucking consequences, I probably would. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I can't. Like, <laughs> I can't. Because, like, I will fuck my life plumb off if yeah. I got fucking high right now. Like, I, it would fuck me off, and I'm going to lose every fucking thing I have right now. Yeah. And, like, the material shit, it, it yeah, I mean, whatever, but, like, I don't want to lose me. You right. Know, I don't like all the fucking progress that I made up to this point. Like, I do not want to lose that. You know, like for the first time in my entire fucking life, I pretty much like, I love me. I like who I am. Like, yeah. I don't have to try to be anything different than who I am. Like, I not have done that before. Like, yeah. putting these fucking fake ass masks on, yep. trying to fit in with people and yep. whatever, you know. But, but, like, fuck all that. Like, I don't have to do that. And and pe if people don't like me, you know, like, I'm not going to act like I don't care what people think. Because, like, I think every fucking body yeah, does you're to lying some you extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't have... I don't have to uh, place my fucking value and worth off what other people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their opinions are their opinions, but their opinions can make you have your own opinion about yourself. But so it is important to be accepted by others, but I think it starts with accepting yourself for who you are and then finding that self-love and that, that self-worth and then carrying that on, not necessarily as like a mask, but, but, but being able to be comfortable with yourself, then others can start accepting that and who you are. And then they like the real you. And then you don't have to fucking remember who you were around somebody <laughs> yeah, and yeah. fucking act that certain way. And that's a fucking chore. Like that, that's hard. It's like telling a lie and then trying to remember that lie and tell that same lie 10 different ways to 10 different people and keeping up with all that shit. Like it's fucking exhausting, you know, but, uh, so, so cool. Uh, so what, what, what advice would you have for somebody that is trying to get clean? Cause like, you know, I hear people when, when I talk to people, I have people ask me like, yeah, man, I'm trying to get clean. I'm trying to get sober right now. And it's like, well, fucking quit trying, you know, just, <laughs> like just, just do, fucking do know, it. Like, like Yoda says, like, yeah, like I was talking to somebody this morning and, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to quit drinking after today. Yeah. It's like, sounds good, bro. Like after today, that fucking sounds good. You know, like always tomorrow. Like I've only got a half a bottle left. It's like, okay. Yeah. Man, tomorrow never comes. Yeah. Man. Tomorrow never fucking comes. So what advice can you give, uh, the suffering addict or suffering alcoholic, uh, to, to stay motivated to actually carry this on and, and take that first step, take that first step into yeah. recovery. Yeah. Yeah, man, like seek help, you know, yeah. seek help. Like uh, I remember I remember times when, you know, like I was trying to get into treatment or whatever. And, you know, it was always pushing it off till tomorrow, always tomorrow. You know yeah. what I mean? But like it's never going to change until I took that first step and I sought help of some sort. You know, like not everybody has to go to treatment or get locked up to get clean. Right. But like, that's the first step is getting fucking clean. You yeah. know what I mean? Getting clean, sober, whatever, you know, uh, and getting your mind cleared up just enough to where like you can start to, um, you know, do something different, man. Um, you know, like I, I've been there, you know, like, um, 
I've been in that place where I could not fucking stop. No matter how bad I wanted to, like I could not stop myself from picking up that bottle, picking up those pills, picking up whatever it was, you know, like, um, so, you know, like really that's my best advice is just to go get help, you know, like become like, be willing to go to any lengths. Cause like, this is your fucking life on the line. Yeah. This is your life. Like, what yeah. do you want with your life? Do you, do you want to keep fucking yourself off and living the way that you've been living? Like, cause like, it's going to always ultimately end up with you uh dead yeah in jail or an institution of some sort prison yeah. or fucking insane yeah you know what i mean like it it's ultimately going to de- fucking destroy you yeah. like everybody you know yeah. like i've never seen a, a a successful fucking drug addict live their entire life happy successful and die of old fucking age yeah using like it just yeah. doesn't work out no. like that you know but it's just uh you know like it 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 takes what it takes you know like sometimes people like will get clean uh that first time and they'll stay clean the rest of their fucking lives yeah you know and sometimes people will uh get clean and they'll be in and out of the program you know like with relapses and stuff god knows how many times but you know like and and sometimes they never get it but sometimes they do, you know, yeah. like, and I've seen, I've seen all that, you know, and, um, the, the key, the key to like recovery, really it, it, to me, it's like willingness, like willingness, like they, they, they say the how of the program, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness, but willingness, man, is really like the key. Yeah. Um, like, and that's really, you know, like that it was willingness a lack of willingness, which is why I kept relapsing because I wasn't willing to do certain things that would have kept me clean. You know, I wasn't willing to, you know, like pick up the phone and reach out for help. I wasn't willing to do this. I wasn't willing to do that. You know, like, what are you willing to do? You know, like it's fucking difficult to do that sometimes. It is. It is. It's like, like some days, like I'm like, okay, well life is just life right now. But, and like, Everything is going okay. I mean, I'm not talking about like great or or real horrible or or anything traumatic happened to me that day. But like, I'm starting to understand. I still have to call my sponsor on those days and like and talk to him about my fucking day. Like, just just talk to him because the more that I open up and become more willing and open minded, like some shit will come up in a conversation and be like, well, I didn't even fucking stop to think about that, you know? And, and, but it's difficult to get into that routine of just, just calling somebody or, or opening up about what happened in your day. And I think the more that we like, we look back on like, say at the end of the day, we make that phone call and, and, and somebody asks you, so how was your day? And like, it's real easy to just be so like, Oh, it was good. You know, but the more that like I like and I can only speak for myself, like I open up about that day. Well, I went to work, you know, I still was I woke up this morning and I, and I made some coffee and I did my prayer and meditation and I read my my devotion for the day. And and then I, I rushed to work. And like the more that I play back that day, it's like, OK, well, this is what I this is where I kind of like could have improved 
Like if you don't keep score, then you never know if you're winning, you know? And I think that, 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 that part of reaching out to somebody and talking to them about that, that's really just keeping the score of what, what you're doing because like I, there's no fucking way I'll ever like be able to journal everything that I fucking did that day or, or yeah. that week, you know, but when I talk about it, it just kind of gets that shit off of my chest. Yeah. And it's, just, and, and that's like, that's therapy for me as an addict, you know? And, and I think that that is such an important tool to use to stay clean and stay in the recovery and, and, and be productive with, with life because we can quit doing drugs and we can quit drinking alcohol and, and quit all these uh, different unhealthy addictions. But if we don't do anything with that, then I guess that's where the term like a dry addict or a dry alcoholic comes. Cause if we, if we don't progress in, in with our life, life is still going to stay fucking shitty. But I mean, the consequences might not be as deep as it was when we were in active addiction, but still, if we're not fucking trying to grow and, 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 and become knowledgeable about who we are, then we still never learn about ourselves. We don't develop that self love or, or that security of who we are. It's still, it's, it's always progressing. And it's like, you know, life, life is the journey. Like there's, there's no destination that we're ever going to reach unless that is we pass and we go on to the next life or whatever die or whatever term we want to use. But we, we stay focused and we stay in the program because that program is what really helps us grow and move forward. But, um, so is there, is there anything else that you kind of want to share to, uh, everybody watching or listening right now that you think could be helpful? Any, any tools, tips, or resources you want to shout out to? Yeah. Don't believe everything you fucking think. You know what <laughs> I mean? I don't believe everything yeah. you think, you know, like, um, they, they say this is a disease of perception, you know, like. Oftenly, pretty much every fucking day, you know, like how I see things in my thinking is distorted as a result of having this disease of addiction. And, um, you know, like things are often nowhere near as bad as I perceive them to be Uh, whenever I am going through shit, you know, like uh, there is there is always things that I can do like to help me get through whatever it is I'm going through, you know, and like the best tool that I have found literally is like picking up the phone and talking to somebody like, um, every day I I talk to my sponsor and I I try to make an extra effort to, uh, reach out to other recovering acts besides my sponsor throughout the week. Yeah. I slack on that sometimes, but I never slack on talking to my sponsor every single day fucking day you know and i'm and i don't bottle shit up like because you know um a big part of the reason i used big part of it was you know to to try to change the way i felt to escape Mm -hmm. reality you know Mm -hmm. and like as long as i i share like my shit with somebody i don't feel the need so much to change how i feel you know because i get relief whenever i i share and also you know like another thing that that helps me get out of my head get me out of myself is doing like 
doing service work, you know, like um, yeah. it could, that could consist of many different things. It could be like something like this. It could be like doing H and I could be just, you know, like talking to somebody on the phone that's going through some shit, you know, and just trying to, yeah. trying to help somebody, yeah. you know, like chairing meetings, you know, like making the coffee at meetings or picking up the trash outside, you know, like just finding ways to be of service. Like, like that has helped me considerably. Uh, I always feel better you right. know, whenever I'm doing something like that. And, right. you know, cause like the, the core of the disease is self-obsession, self-centeredness, selfishness, you know, like, from those things stem all of our character defects. Um, so, you know, like whenever I'm getting out of self, you know, like that, I don't know, man, it's just like, that's whenever I feel that, that, uh, that connection, that wholeness, you know, like I feel I'm living my purpose and, you know, and I, and I can start to care for people and love other people mm -hmm. and think less of myself. And, you know, and that's the goal is like, I want to be this, this person that, you know, is like, I want to be a good person. I am a good person. Right. Like in there, I am a good person. But yeah. like, if I, if I don't do certain things for my recovery each day, uh, it, that 10 steps, very fucking important. You know, they're all important. Like I can be applying pretty much all the steps in my life, the principles of the steps every single day. And I need to really be making that effort to try to do so, you know, like, it says in in the NA basic text that never have we seen a, a, an addict relapse mm -hmm. that lives the narcotics anonymous program, you know, and it's you know, like, we don't do this shit perfectly. Like we never will. You know, I just do the best that I can each and every day to apply what I've learned into my life. And, you know, like I am a reasonably happy person, you know, yeah. like I struggle, I struggle yeah. plenty. Don't get me wrong, but like I have tools that I've gained from the program that help me get through all this shit, yeah. you know, and like, I, I, I don't need to, you know, like use something outside myself to try to change the way I feel, you know, like, right. um, so the thing is, is like, um, I've done all kinds of crazy shit, you know, and I, you know, and just look where I'm at now, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm not that special. So like, yeah. uh, you know, like anybody can do this, right. you know, you're capable of it, you know, like, um, I just, that's one thing I never like really lost was hope, you know, like I, I knew like that um, I was capable of, you know, being, you know, staying clean and having a better life. It was just, uh, you know, it just took what it took to finally get me to a place where I was willing, willing to do what was necessary mm -hmm. to be, to get where I'm at today. Yeah. Do you, so this question kind of came up that I had earlier, but do you think there comes to a point where there's no point of return for an addict or alcoholic? Do you think they, somebody can get so lost that there's no hope or do you think there's always some kind of hope out there for somebody? Cause like I can, I know that there's been times in, in my addiction, my active addiction where I was like, fuck man, I'm just done. And so it's fucking over with. And like, I lose all hope and like, in, in, it's just fucking over. But like, do you believe that somebody can always reach out and there's always going to be a connection there that's available for whoever's suffering or whoever's just thinks that it's fucking over because suicide is fucking the it's fucking higher than it's ever been. I think right now in the world and, and it's because there's so much shit going on, but 
Do you think there's always a level of hope that can save somebody if that's what they truly want? For sure. <clears throat> you know, there's, there is cases where like, you know, you become a vegetable, Yeah, you know, or you, um, but yeah, man, like there's, there's always hope. You yeah. Know, there's, you know, it's just being willing to reach out for help, man. Right. You know? Yeah. You, they so, have to, we have to do that. Like, like if we're, if we feel so lost and, and, and just like, there is no fucking hope, just reach out to somebody. Even if it's. Yeah. Just, know. I mean, like there's been points in, in, in my life where like, I've like just looked up and just cursed God, like said every, every foul word with every bit of anger and just been like, why? What, like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do me like this? And, and I mean, just fucking livid and fucking angry. And, and it's crazy that every time you get an answer, like, it's like, you feel it. Like, it's like, okay, fuck. Like that, felt better to reach out and just just cuss at somebody or, or or you know just just let that emotion out and and if it is your higher power that you reach out to do that follow it up with another human being and reach out for that connection because like you know there's always hope you know we agreed on that yeah. And and that hope comes through that connection like we talked about earlier and that connection is not going to happen unless you're willing. Mm -hmm. And it once you become willing and you start to reach out to somebody and I'm not talking we, we're not talking about reach out to another drug addict. I mean you can like a like an active active addict, you know what I'm saying? But reach out to somebody that that has some kind of hope inside them as well. I mean, I guess you could reach out to an active addict and that, that might work, but I know it never fucking worked for me. You know what I'm saying? Like the more I hung out with active addicts, the more, the deeper my fucking addiction got, you know what I'm saying? Like the more, the more I used, if, if I went over and I was having all kinds of problems, went and talked to my own boy that's sitting there about to fucking do an 80 unit bump. You know, I'm going to end up doing an 80 unit bump, but the more that I started reaching out and I started separating those people away from my life, my connection with the people that were doing what I wanted to achieve, that shit started happening in my life. It's like the, their energy started flowing into me and then that hope became stronger and stronger and stronger. But, um, so become willing, reach out. Find, find that connection with your higher power, find that connection with somebody else that, that supports what you're trying to achieve, which would be getting clean or, or sobriety or whatever the fucking term is that we want to use and then stay, stay in it. But, but uh, what I'm hearing from you is that like the most important part of, of staying in the recovery is stay grounded in this moment for today and become willing and do whatever it is that that it takes to be clean and to change that lifestyle and because you don't have to change your entire fucking life today no no you just have to change today 
like this yeah. moment right now and make that that decision to be clean. And then don't beat yourself up if you fucking relapse, you know, just reach out again because there's always hope. There's never, there's never a point of no fucking return. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like when they relapse, you know, they, they feel ashamed to come back in and they think people are going to, they're judging them or whatever, you know, and it's like, I never do I look down at someone when they relapse, you know, like the, the shame is to not come back, to not try again. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like, give up. To give up. Yeah. You know, like most people have fucking relapsed in their recovery. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is, you know, I'm not going to say it's not okay to relapse. Like, right. It's not an okay thing to do, but like, don't beat yourself up so hard. Like give yourself some grace, you know, like, yeah. and I had to learn to give myself some grace in recovery. You know, like I made a lot of mistakes since I've been clean this time, you know, mm-hmm. but like I had to learn to really like be easy on myself, but not give myself permission to keep repeating the same mistakes. Over yeah. Over. You know, like yeah. recovery is progressive. Like the disease of addiction, which is still inside me is progressive as well. And it's still progressing, but like my recovery is progressive. Like that's what pro- recovery is just like, it's an uphill fucking journey. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we continue moving forward. Like, and if you're not moving forward, obviously you're going back downhill. Right. Yeah. Your momentum's gone. But yeah. like, just because like we, we have like emotional and spiritual lapses, like you're going mm-hmm. to fucking experience it in recovery. you like, just because you have that does not mean you're going to fucking relapse physically by drugs and alcohol, you know, like it's not necessary, you know, like, um, when, when you do start to experience those emotional and mental spiritual relapses, you know, like do something about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that should be like that, that cue and that motivation to kind of like, all right, what, what, what do I need to, what do I need to look at? What needs to change? You know, what can I do? And, um, mm-hmm. really, man, a lot of it's simple shit. Yeah. You know, just the basics. Yeah. It's all pretty simple if you just fucking do it. You know, like, like we, we like to make shit complicated and make shit really hard. And it's like, oh, this is fucking impossible. But the second that we just kind of put a little bit of fucking effort into doing so, doing that one thing, like we don't have to do everything at once. We just have to make a one step at a time. And like it becomes easier to accomplish. And it's like, okay, that wasn't that fucking hard. No. Like, all I had to do is pick up the phone. Well, okay, fucking dial it. And then when it's ringing, it's like, oh, fuck. You know, it's like, oh, shit, like it's happening, you know, and it kind of, it's kind of nerve wracking, but just take that, that effort, quit trying to do shit and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So great, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing and, uh, Absolutely. I appreciate you letting me come up on here. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wanted to, wanted to have you on, you know, I've heard your, I've heard you talk a few times, uh, different meetings and stuff like that and coming in and doing H and I. And, uh, so I was very excited to have kind of reach out to you and have you come on and share more of that experience because sometimes it's limited when you go and do an H and I meeting and you can't really share everything that you want to share or talk the way you want to talk or, or, things like that so I uh, definitely was wanting to come, have you come on to be open and, and just share all that shit with us and I appreciate it thank you for your time bro well this wraps up episode 5 of the Dirtbag Chronicles 
uh, we hope you enjoyed the, the show and uh, we want to tell you if you are struggling with addiction uh, reach out uh, you can message us on our Facebook page, leave a comment on YouTube, uh, just call somebody, just reach out and, and make that connection with somebody. Uh, we send you our love and our peace and our light, and we thank you for all your support. Thank you. Have a good day.